Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Showtime. I have coffee. I have a cat. show in three two one good morning everybody and welcome today is wednesday it's june 23rd 2021 my name is jeremy and this is my first cup of coffee <sighs> yesterday was a pretty big day well i shouldn't say big day it was a productive day had a bunch of good stuff go on. Stuff that may infect you. Uh, the first thing that we did. Good morning, Stacy. Uh, earlier in the day, I finally set out the graphics for the one year anniversary on the merch side for Patreon. So if you don't know, if you are part of our Patreon, we used to give you bonus content, video and behind the scenes and audio, exclusive audio episodes, book drafts, bunch of stuff. But then Patreon was like, hey, you know, we've got this merchandise thing. You know, you can give your, your supporters hats and shirts and stickers and things. And I said, okay, so now we do that too. We didn't raise prices. But I had to figure out a rotation schedule for people who were gonna keep staying on and make sure that they weren't getting the same things. So that rotation schedule is in place as well as all four designs. Here's an exclusive shirt design. Um, so, yeah. Shirt, let's see, at the, I think it's $10 plus tier. You get two stickers, a mug, and a shirt over the course of the year. And at the two and five dollar, you get three stickers and a piece of artwork. You can go check it out. It's all available for you to see over there. So that was number one. <clears throat> and then the second thing, I made some time on my schedule. <coughs> Apparently, I forgot how to drink coffee. Hold on. <coughs> mm. Okay. Made some time to clean up the second floor of the warehouse, the place where, that is also the training space. If you watched last Thursday's episode, that's where Andrew and I recorded. And it was a disaster. It needed to be cleaned. It needed to be organized. It was a mess. So I started doing that. The tables are out. Um, there's, a, there's still... God, I, I could probably... I could probably put a week of work and $5,000 into cleaning that place up the way I want it to be, but that neither of those things are, are going to happen anytime soon. But I cleaned it up, and while I was cleaning it up, this unmarked van <clears throat> parked on the road at the base of my driveway, like right in front of it, and just sat there. I was like, this is kind of weird. And I want to talk about this situation because it's the type of situation that I think a lot of people from a self-defense perspective would not handle right. So what did I do? Well, first I, I started observing. 
What's going on? What's this person doing? They're not outwardly a threat. Doesn't mean they're not a threat. At the very least, they are expressing poor judgment. If they are here, if they're in this area because of something to do with me, they're blocking my driveway and not pulling into my driveway. That's weird. Now, I do have a horseshoe driveway. I have two exits. So it's not like I can't get out, but it's still odd. If they're not supposed to be here, why are they parked in the road? It's not very secretive. They're not hiding. There were there was a orange cone. There were a couple orange cones on the bumper. That's all I could see. So I walked inside and I grabbed, oh, they're still here, my binoculars. And I went to the window to observe and there was a man in there in the front seat. There were some official looking stickers on the front window around like parking garages kind of thing. Couldn't tell what they were. And I saw what looked to be uh, like a yellow vest on him. I said, all right, maybe it's a contractor for one of the utility companies. But it was weird that there was no signage. Usually, at the very least, they have magnetic signs on. Now, I could have approached this person. But why? I was not in danger. I was in a position of observation. And to approach puts me in danger. It would not be difficult for a person in that situation in a van to roll down a window and have a gun out of sight and shoot me as I approach. Did I think that was going to happen? No, absolutely not. But as I was working through this yesterday, one of the things I realized is the defense from people or the, the response from people who don't think about things in a self-defense way is always, yeah, but what's the chance that's going to happen? It's always a small chance. If it was a large chance, that situation wouldn't exist anymore because we would have either addressed it and pushed it out completely or we would all die. Right? If the chance of getting skin cancer from going outside once was 100% or 80%, we'd all die, right? Like it just, it's always small percentages. And thus, if it's a small percentage, that doesn't mean that you ignore it. It means you mitigate. It means that you prepare. So what did I do? I put a handgun in my pocket and I went back to what I was doing. I went back out in the, in the warehouse and continued to observe, swept, did all the things I needed to do. Another vehicle pulled up. This one was marked. And now I knew what was going on, or so I thought. Another person gets out of that van or that vehicle. They both walk up the driveway and I step outside to find out what's going on. Yes, with a weapon in my pocket. Because we're at my house. And why am I not gonna take an advantage that I have the legal right to have?
I did not show it. I did not feel I needed it. But why not take the why not take that advantage? Now, as soon as I started talking to the person, I knew that they were legitimate. They were here for installation of fiber optic. Yay! So you know sometimes when we do this show and quality's not that good. It's supposed to be. I pay Comcast a fortune. But theoretically, I'm going to get better speed for way less money with fair, with not fair playing, what they're called. Consolidated communications. So over the next few months, I'll tell you more about that as, as it goes on. I think installation, as they connect it to the house, I think that's going to be next week. I think it's next week. So there's that story. Now, what's the lesson from that story? Don't be afraid to be safe. Don't let other people dictate your safety. Nobody else is responsible for your safety. Just you. Had a great call last night with Laura and Stacy, Team Smashy Smash. We talked about TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I haven't done much with it, but I'm going to. So many mats right here. I know, as soon as I try to get one of them on, you're going to get mad. But we talked about a strategy, things that I'm, I'm going to do as I move forward on TikTok in an effort to bring some exposure to Whistlekick. I got some, I got some ideas. So we're going to try those ideas out. See what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Cost me some time and I'll learn something. Not a bad thing. Uh, what else going on? Had a great meeting with Justin yesterday morning about Marshall Journal. I would love to see some of you guys writing. So many of you talk to me offline. Well, online, but not here. And you've got stuff to say. And that's the whole point of Marshall Journal. We're, the goal is we're, we're trying to get to 30 people contributing one article a month. Then we would have a new piece of content every day. That's been the goal from day one. We've gotten so close so many times. And we can't maintain the momentum. So if you think you can write 500 words once a month, if you have any profession at all that relates to martial arts, as in a school, or you, I don't know. Stacy says, now that Six Sigma is done, I'm on the Adventures in TikTok article. Beautiful. Everybody has stuff to share. Martial arts is such a collaborative thing. And I want to see more people writing. I want to see more people who are new writing. I want to see more people who are mid-level writing. We've got a lot of people with a lot of experience writing, but I want to see different perspectives. You know, I want to see more international people writing. The more of this that we do, the better it's going to be. If you haven't checked out marshalljournal.com, you should. And so the rest of the day, I went to the gym. I did a little bit. My back is still not doing so well, but getting better. It's better when I move. And just did work. I did work, and that was about it. It was a good day, though. Good, good stuff on the way forward. I'm, I'm really happy with what we've got going on. We're working some pretty big interview options right now. Um, one looks like it's committed. That's a, a sort of big. Somebody a lot of people have heard of. 
and then two others that you all have definitely heard of. One is someone that even martial artists have heard of. No, it's not Chuck Norris. But it's somebody else with a tremendous amount of name recognition. So we're going to see what we can do on that. We're, we're working on it. Stacey says, super cool. Glad to hear you have things in the pipeline. Well, thank you. Keep moving forward. Let's see what you guys gave me to talk about. Would you like to read the first one? No. She's a terrible co-host. She just sits there. She sits there and purrs. What do you guys think of that picture? Ugh, come on. It's not too often that she's down for being that cute. All right. Got a question from Stacy. Got a question from Frank. Well, quotes from Frank. Thank you to both of you. Um, I'm gonna split them. I'm gonna read a few quotes and then I'll, I'll go to Stacy's question. June is both camping and the great outdoors month. Yay. Take your tent and go for the camping. You are dying in the cities. Thousands of stars, hundreds of birds, tens of flowers are waiting for you to heal you. Mehmet Marat Ildan. Being outside is important. We, we, we... We grew up outside. And I don't just mean us personally, I mean our species. We grew up outside. And we try to put these barriers in between us and nature, and it doesn't work. You know, it, it's funny, when I, when I bring someone here, and many of you have seen video and photo of, of my backyard, when people come here, they're blown away, not because of my house, but because of the outside, the grounds, the lawn, the gardens, whatever you want to call it. People are jealous. People with significantly more money are jealous of what I have because of what I've put time into creating. This has taken years. They like the way the trees sit. They like the way, I don't know. It's a nice yard. It's in a nice spot. This land itself would go for quite a bit of money right now. I could probably sell the land for more than the whole land and the houses are worth right now. I've listened to people talk about land and outside. They're not making any more. And so many of us fail to spend time outside. The sun's important. Fresh air is important. Being around nature is important. What's that? Frank and I talked about this the other day. There's a, a Japanese term that I don't remember what the Japanese is, but it translates as forest bathing. This idea that you go bask in nature and the benefits there. It's, it's important. It's, it's valuable. Maybe there's a correlation between people not spending time outside and being terrible. Think, think about people in... in all the 
all the rough stuff, you know, all the really negative stuff that we seem to see in society comes from people living in cities. Oh, he put the term in, in my quotes. Cool. Right on, Frank. Get outside. If you have kids and you haven't taken them camping in your backyard, I think you're missing out. I spent a whole summer camping in my yard as a kid. I think I was 16. It was great. I just slept out there, brought some of my stuff. It was awesome. I loved it. The Japanese have a term that in English translates to forest bathing. The term is Shinrin-yoku. Okay, there we go. Shinrin-yoku. The fire is the main comfort of the camp, whether in summer or winter, and is about as ample at one season as at another. It is as well for cheerfulness as for warmth and dryness. Henry David Thoreau. There, there are people who speculate that our, um, the response to red light at the end of the day to go to bed comes from long, long-standing evolution staring into fires at the end of the day. A fire is hypnotic. I like having fire. I've got a fire pit out there. I don't use it so much myself, but if I have people over, we'll, we'll set a fire. It's nice. It's nice on a, a cold evening, you know, a cold summer evening, sit out there, have have a drink or whatever. You don't have to say anything. You ever sat next to a fire with other people and everybody's just staring into the fire? There's something pretty something pretty primal going on there. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I appreciate it. She's so skinny. So Stacy's question. Because Stacy will be testing for her red belt in Taekwondo soon. And so her question to me, what did becoming a red belt mean to you? Red belt is the only rank I've never been. So it's a funny question. Funny that you asked me that. The only, I've only been in one school that had red belt as a rank and I did not move up through the ranks. I, wore, I, I was honored. My instructor and I disagreed a little bit on how to handle this, but I came in as a black belt and he asked me to continue wearing a black belt and line up with the black belts and I did because it was his school. And after a few years, he said, okay, I want you to test for black belt here. So I did. I've been everything else. I've been yellow and purple and white, orange, green, brown. I've had stripes on belts. I've had multicolored belts. I've never been a red belt. That's, fun. That's kind of funny. So she's changing her question. Uh, the belt before black. So that would be brown belt. What does being what did being a brown belt mean? 
I grew up in the martial arts at a time when most schools didn't have kid rank. The expectations of a child were the same as the expectations of an adult, and so progress could be quite slow for a lot of kids, myself included. I'd been training for eight, nine years before I was awarded my brown belt. And it was in a box at my bar mitzvah. I'm opening gifts at my bar mitzvah, and there's my brown belt, which actually had been my instructor's brown belt when she was younger. I only got to wear it for, for a few months. She made me get my own. But that was, that was interesting because of not just the rank, but the my age. So a lot of people know or, or feel, and I agree with this, that the most arrogant students are generally red brown belts, you know, people who are just shy of their black belt. Because most of the people that they spend their time with are younger ranks, right? so they, they know more. But they haven't been tempered and they haven't been they haven't been through a black belt test. So they think they know most of what's going on. They don't tend to realize the difference between where they are and where they're headed and how dramatic that is. I didn't. I was 13 years old. I was already cocky, right? Like this all added up for a, a, for a particular situation. Now, I got better, because I had plenty of people willing to put me in my place, and I appreciate that in hindsight. Stacy says, I hope I'm not ever one of those. I don't think you will be. Doesn't seem to fit your personality. But I think the, the question you're, you're asking really is, is it any different? And it's really not. In hindsight, rank is rank. It, the, door, the doors just opened a little wider. You just have more responsibility, more knowledge, more opportunity. But it doesn't mean that what you're doing is, is really that different. It's just another belt. I know a lot of schools put a lot of symbolism on the different colors. It's just a way to track progress to me. I've heard, I've heard some schools describe it as, you know, white, white belts are white because they're they're clean, they're empty, they don't have any knowledge, and black is dark because it, it has all of the knowledge stuffed into it with, you know, the, the dirt and the sweat of training. Yeah. I think that's reverse engineering symbolism. I don't, I don't think it has to be as fancy as we may make it out to be. It's just a belt. It's just color.
doesn't mean you shouldn't be proud of it. Doesn't mean that it isn't a wonderful outward symbol of your hard work and your dedication. Uh, and and I, that goes doubly for Stacy. I know how dedicated you are to the martial arts. She says, I think the test for black belt will be far harder. Yeah, probably. But red has me knee knocking at what it really means. That point of no return. You can stop anytime. You absolutely can. There's no reason you, you can get your red belt and then quit. People do it. It's a choice. Remember, it's a choice. There's power in choice. You'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. I have no doubt. A couple more quotes from Frank here. I was a scout years ago before the movement started when my father took me fishing, camping, and hunting. Then I was sorry that more girls could not have what I had. When I learned of the movement, I thought, here's what I always wanted other girls to have. Lou Henry Hoover. I don't know, quite know what that's referencing. Girl Scouts? Something? But the idea that in the past it was just as acceptable to teach young girls to hunt and to fish and camp. You know, I, I, I think it's a shame that in so many places those are seen as gender-specific activities. Uh, here in the Northeast, they are less so <clears throat> versus, you know, what I seem to observe nationally. And I think that's a good thing, especially camping. Everybody likes camping. Yeah. Being outside, being... Recognizing that we are part of nature. We are not separate. We can't, we can't control nature. It has infinite influence over us because it's both omnipresent and patient and we're not I was having this conversation with uh, the, the couple that I hiked with on Sunday and without getting into the specifics one of the points that I made was that we as human beings tend to consider our own lifespan as appropriate measures of time when we look at anything and it's not take a big step back Nature's moving. Nature's doing these big, slow things. It's carbon canyons out of mountainsides with a little bit of water. All these. When the time scale is infinite, things change. Nature has an infinite time scale. Nature doesn't have to accomplish anything by any certain period of time. Nature does, does what nature does. We're the ones with an agenda. We're the ones with a timeline. And our last one here. I think camping is one of those things where if you're forced into it as a child, you'll probably hate it as an adult. I say the same thing about martial arts. I don't like when kids are forced into training. If they don't enjoy it, probably shouldn't do it. Are you stuck to the couch? Yeah, you're stuck. Well, that's not my poor couch. Come on, 
Come on. I like camping. I haven't been camping in a while. Because look at where I am. I don't really need to go anywhere. <laughs> there are mornings where maybe it's a little bit colder waking up than I thought it was going to be and I've left the windows open and catch that smell, that cold morning dew off the trees smell. It reminds me of camping. I love that smell. I hope you all know what that smell smells like. It's supposed to be nice weather today. I'm going to try to get outside. Hopefully the same can be said for you. Oh, you're going over here? Okay. Goober. Oof. <sighs> I have way more coffee to drink. I'm not excited about that. Hope you have a good day. I got a bunch of stuff I got to go do. I got some, some Patreon content to create. Maybe my first TikTok content. If you want to follow me, I'm at Jeremy Lesniak. There's, there's one video up there that you might enjoy. It involves a sword. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching or listening. Listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks for all of those things. I'll see you tomorrow. Hit that thumbs up button for me. Appreciate it.